Hello everybody, Michael Martin here. Thanks for being with me today. So, I get some great feedback from y'all. And one of the questions come in says, How do I know if I'm more of a buy and holder investment advisor type? Or, you know, someone who, who's more of a risk manager along the lines of a trader. And I said, you know, course I don't have war and peace as far as context to know what the person's talking about but to be honest with you you could probably be both depending on the quality of the money right now I know there first of all there's no rules there's certain rules around risk management but there's no real rule on how you should do it yourself make it messy man I mean go for it and be willing to feel all of your feelings right? And take the action anyway, regardless of what you feel. Your initial grub stake is really play money. I know it's really hard-earned money, but until you know what you're doing, you just have to say, this is going to go in the scrap heap because I cannot learn this trading thing as a martial art unless I'm willing to take a punch. And the only way you can take a punch is to put your mouthpiece in and go out there and invite chaos, because in the chaos, you will find the harmony and the disharmony. And you'll find the smooth lines and you'll find the rough stuff. Right? And it's all very, very unique. If you're a fan of art like I am, you could look at two guys who were friends and were really, really good. They're both in heaven now, sadly. One is Keith Haring. The other one was Jean-Michel Basquiat. So both in the same genre, but completely different people, right? They both made it messy. I don't know what messy for Keith is because he was so articulate with his his strokes, right? Whereas Jean-Michel Basquiat was, you know, all over the place in a lot of ways. Really loved both of their, their work. So when you approach trading, you don't know which way it's going to be at the beginning, but stop trying to figure out first and then take the safe first step. Throw caution to the wind here. And I'm not saying bet 50% of your account. I'm saying risk half a percent. Until you start to try on some things, you don't know what cut of gene is going to make your ass look really good, right? And that's the whole point of genes, to have a good-looking ass, right? So when you start to figure all of this out, I would actually say, well, here's my grub stake and here's what I'm willing to risk before I know you know, that I have to reload the gun, so to speak, and find more trading grub stake. You can't be so precious at the beginning that you're afraid to take a chance because whether you make or lose money doesn't say anything about your system or about you. It's too early to tell. Even if you have three winning trades on, you don't know if you have good luck or good timing or if you're onto something. And if you want to do this for decades and decades and decades, then you have to take some chances. And this also fits, you know, the person who already has a hundred million in assets, but they want to try to trade a different asset class, or they want to add a different strategy as an overlay to what they already know is working for them. They got to make it messy too. Now, this is where, you know, you might be want to try this with your own money, or try it with client capital, pari passu, and, you know, do it that way. So that everybody's on the same page. You don't want to just kind of start turning left when everyone's used to you going in one direction, right? So that's those feelings are going to come up for both types of uh, scenarios. I don't know that one is better than the other. 
both are new endeavors. You know, one, one person, the latter person's more established and that they have assets. The other person's trying to carve it out of stone themselves. But don't try to put any meaning on anything too soon because there is no meaning to it. So much of it is random. You're just saying, oh, today I'm going to paint with green. Tomorrow I'm going to try another, you know, I'll try a primary color in bright yellow. So, you know, go for it. See what it feels like. Look at your, how did you come up with your ideas? How do you know that this overlay is going to work with your existing style, right? Because that's when things can get really good, like one and one equals three, is that if you find something that can zig when your system zags and you're better off for it, it's quite something. But it takes a while to get there because on some level, you're really of two different minds. Take into, the situ take into account the situation where, you know, you might have a, a longer-term investment portfolio where you buy quality blue-chip stuff and just hold it. And that's, you know, more passive style. And then you have the more day-to-day -day trading account, right? That's very, very common for people to have an investment account and a trading account. The two different qualities of money. A lot of people will say, okay, well, I'm going to keep my $5 million bucks in my trading account and every time I get up to a certain level, I'm going to peel some of those gains off. I'll pay my taxes, but then I'm going to drop it into my longer term buy and hold account. Some people go out and buy real estate, commercial or single family homes, and then lease them. Some people buy art. There's a million different things that you can do, right? And why do they do that? Well, I'll tell you a little story. For some trading systems, right, they not just have a sweet spot for certain types of markets, but they also have a sweet spot for the type of corpus, or excuse me, the quantity of money in the account. Sometimes that's called corpus, right? As it's under management in a per account basis, a lot of times, especially if you're dealing with trusts, they'll talk about is there corpus, right? So cash, is there money, is there buying power? And you'll find that for a certain type of personality, that person is good to trade the account in and around 5 million. When it gets up to 10, something happens. It could be that the system is generating trades that are too big and the nimbleness doesn't work anymore. It could be a psychological thing where the trader is comfortable in the mid seven figures and becomes uncomfortable trading, mind you, with that size. So they peel some off, they go back to their comfort level, five, six million, and they pinch off a few million after paying taxes, put it in their investment account and buy property, diversify. You have different quality of assets, different quality of money, right? Now, of course, if you have children and all that other kind of stuff, you should see a financial planner to figure out what's best for you because that's only going to come from lots of deliberation. And I don't have that enough information to tell you if that's what you should be doing. You got to figure it out for yourself. Um. Another thing that you can be on the lookout for is what's the kind of language that you use with yourself? Because you can talk yourself into some, some serious bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm famous for saying make it messy, but at the same time, you need to have very black and white risk parameters for managing risk, right? Like you lose your half a percent and it's done. That's it. It's over. You, you get out of the trade. You don't sit there and start to negotiate with yourself at the worst possible time. You sure the thing could come roaring back in your face, but right here, right now, all you know is where is the price, and it hit your stop, and then that's it. 
There's no second chances. There's no do-overs here. You have to have that type of integrity with yourself because the goal is to learn about yourself in all of this. Once you have the self-knowledge, the trading part's pretty easy, right? Most people don't are not honest with themselves in terms of how they feel. And it's not uncommon, especially for guys, right? They want to peacock. They want to show off. They want to do this and that. And I don't mean to paint them in a bad light, but it is a bit of an avatar. And if you cannot suffer humility, you know, publicly, um, and I don't mean be humiliated. I just mean be a human being. Sometimes you get them right. Sometimes you get them wrong. You're going to get stopped out of trades. For the love of God, if the folks in Market Wizards can get stopped out of trades, then you can too, and you probably will. But if you use the type of language along the lines of saying like, well, I bought the thing at 50. It's at 46 now. Let's wait and see. I'm down my 7, 8, 9, 10%, whatever I was going to give it on the instrument basis. All that equates to a half a percent in my equity, you know, as determined by my position size, right? I have enough shares on. I have the right amount of shares on in the portfolio long so that when the name goes down, say, whatever it is that you're following, you know, 7 to 10% pullback, that's going to equate to a one half of 1% risk unit to my overall portfolio, at which point... I'm going to stop out of the trade and sell it to somebody else who's willing to take on the risk for that instrument at that price at that time, right? If you start saying to yourself right when you should be making that decision, let's wait and see, you're an investment advisor. You're definitely not a trader at that point. Or you're a trader who's for some reason, you know, going through some difficult times of being decisive. And I've said before on the show that traders are leaders, um, even though they're an army of one. And they are definitely decisive. You have to be a decision maker. And don't look back. It has to be very Machiavellian. Again, we're not talking about saving lives here. We're talking about moving 50 to 175 shares of stock or whatever it might be. You know, and that's what you should be experimenting with. Put on some risk, but you don't have to bet the ranch at the beginning. So what I found is that when people start that negotiating process... They really have, um, they're really, you know, they have reluctance. I've done all this work. I really want to feel more feelings, but they don't respect the fact that they could end up losing a lot of money very, very quickly for reasons that they don't fully understand. And that's the last place that you want to be. Because as we know, there are black swans. We know that there are rules that can change on a moment's notice. We know that, that margins can be increased. We know that your names can be put on a restricted list. You know, So all of these things are already against you on some level. When the trader is unwilling to feel or is reluctant to feel the feelings that they need to feel around smart risk management, that's when they start to open themselves up for bigger losses. So I actually kind of refer to that as like, when you start using the term, you know, let's wait and see what you're really feeling there is a form of reluctance, right? Or what you're really saying is, I don't really have a clue of what I'm doing, but I like I like being in the game, so I want to learn more. I want to feel more. Well, look, no sweat. Just make sure you know how much you have at risk at any given time because the goal is to come back tomorrow, right? This is a marathon, not a sprint. So I look at reluctance as emotional leverage to feel other feelings that are going to be even stronger in the future, it's like regulation T on your emotional intelligence. Me, myself, I would much rather 
you know, cut the loss and move on and be done with it because now I don't need it occupying space in my brain rent free when I should have, when I knew better, which was to get out at the predetermined spot. You know, remember, you can have bad luck and bad timing on a really good name. That's just the way it works. So you can't look into the situation and start to put qualifiers or adjectives on it like, I'm an idiot because my timing is bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way it works. There's so much of that that goes on here. So you have to be very, not necessarily numb, because that would imply that you're not present. But be present, but just realize that so much price action in the short run is so random that it's impossible to say, well, I'm onto something because of these short-term little gusts of wind, right? It's very kind of impersonal. It's very mechanical on some level. you got risk on and risk off, and there shouldn't be any second guessing. Because I, I don't think, and this is important, if you have reluctance to admit that you're wrong or that you have had bad luck or that you've had bad timing, never mind that the analysis might not be all that sharp. The point being is that, you know, when you break your capital up into two to 400 units, right? 200 units of one half of 1%, that's 100%. 400 units of one-fourth of 1% gives you 100%. Like you could be wrong a lot and still be in business, right? For several months while you're trying to figure this out. I would definitely try to think of holding things a little bit longer than intraday. I would think, you know, like a week to a couple of weeks, let the market forces work for you, right? And then once you have a longer thing down with your new strategy, then you can start to shorten it if you think you have really keen sense of timing, which maybe you do. I just know that in if you're going to try to trade in the short term, you're dealing with short-term data. And short-term data is very, very random, despite what people would like to tell you about knowable chart patterns intraday. All right? Short-term data is random. I'm not making this up. Talk to any statistician. Um, it just is what it is. So be mindful when you try these new things or these new strategies, whether you're a newer trader or whether you're someone who has, you know, 100 million plus, that they're going to evoke new strategies, evoke new feelings. And the best thing that you can do is make sure that you take, you know, consistent losses, small losses, right? Because over the first couple of months, what you're really doing is getting the information, you're getting the emotional intelligence and you're getting the information and the feedback from the market. You're also trying to see how will this new strategy work with my existing baseline tactics, right? And finding out what is that recipe that would make everybody, you know, better off. Okay, those are my thoughts for the day. Thanks for being here. I will see you tomorrow.